Welcome to the Church on a Hill podcast with Tim Sievers and Pastor Corey from Palouse Federated Church in Palouse, Washington. We're glad you could join us. Pastor Corey, good to be back with you after a brief hiatus. Um, yeah, good to, good to see you. Uh, we haven't seen each other. Good to be back. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we, we both had some spring break time away, uh, post-Easter Sunday break, and uh, we're, we're back in action here. So good to be back. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to talk about um, our scripture for Sunday, which is from John 6, starting with verse 22. That'll be the main thing we talk about. But before we do, we have some just kind of uh, church announcements, um, stuff to talk about. So, right. yeah, uh, I guess the big thing, Tim, is the governor moved our county back to phase two because of uh, not meeting basically any of the metrics. Uh, so, uh, our numbers, COVID, uh, infection numbers are up and unfortunately hospitalizations locally just spiked up near the end of the, the time. And so we didn't qualify to stay in phase three or move ahead or anything. So, um, people are asking, how does that impact where the church is at and where the church is at right now is we are having in-person, uh, in-person Bible studies and worship with mass and social distance um, and limited capacity. And basically um, that is able to stay the same in phase two. So we, we aren't going to see um, changes. We're not going to be able to increase capacity or change uh, our mask or distance policy. Um, so there's that. And yeah, what else would you add to that, Tim? Well, I think that's about it. Uh, things, you know, you can still come to church on Sunday. You can still come to your Bible study. We're also still offering all those things electronically, uh, online, Facebook, YouTube, or through Zoom, if it's appropriate. Um, so we have, you know, uh, we have the sanctuary set up. Our, our seating capacity in there is about 30 people at the socially distanced uh, level for 25% capacity. Uh, but we also have overflow seating in the fellowship hall. And so we can actually handle twice, almost twice as many as, as that. So 55-ish people. So if you want to come to worship, you shouldn't be afraid to come to worship. Uh, we've got a place. Um, yeah. We leave the windows cracked and fans gently on so the air is moving a bit and people are masked and distance. And we understand that some people aren't going to choose that for one reason or another, and that, that's okay. Uh, the other thing is we are, as leaders, keeping our, our pulse on the local situation. And, you know, if things uh, – that's really a main reason why we feel confident that we don't have to make any changes at this point. There's no – local known outbreak in Palouse or Garfield or surrounding areas. And we're well aware that the spike is mostly involving um, the WSU campus, although not entirely, but our public health department has said it's mostly involving the WSU uh, student population. Um, so, uh, but we'll keep, we'll keep our eyes and ears open for how these things are impacting our community. And again, we're called to care and call to care for each and every person. Um, and so we're going to keep doing that. But I think that's about it. Um, the other thing is we're having a 
congregational ministry and business meeting. It's Sunday, April, what? April 25th, 25th. 25th. Yeah. And it's in between the services, right? 10, right. 10 15 a.m. And we'll utilize the Sanctuary Fellowship Hall and Zoom, I believe, which will be tricky for us. I think, I think may, the reopening committee thought maybe we'd try the Fellowship Hall and Zoom um, Only. primarily. Uh, yeah, it'll be easier for us to navigate the cleaning and the oh yeah, that, that makes sense. All that stuff, and you you weren't there for uh, that meeting, um, so I apologize for that. No, that makes sense though. Uh, so we we could have you know twenty five people in that room. Um, there'll probably be childcare downstairs for kids, um, and then folks who want to join on Zoom. It, important stuff to to talk about. You know, uh, we've gone through the year we've gone through. We want to be united as a church. Um, you know, we've had some downturn in, in giving, especially in 2021, and uh, we'll communicate about that. And um, uh, members can expect a letter about that in the next few days. But uh, it's good to be together and to pray together. So that's Sunday, April 25th, uh, the 10 o'clock hour in the Fellowship Hall. That's right. Um, yeah. What else? Should we just, uh, I mean, that's it for the announcements. Yeah. Uh, and then we wanted to spend uh, most of our time and attention here on a rather lengthy and very packed portion of scripture <laughs> from John. Yeah. So there's a lot and going Tim, on here. <laughs> and Tim's going to facilitate this conversation today because he's led two Bible studies on this. Cause I was still on, I was still on break. So you normally I get to spend quality time studying the scripture uh, with folks. And I haven't done that this week, but Tim's had, I'm jealous. You've had two Bible studies getting to talk about John 6, uh, 22 through 59. And this is what you call the bread of life uh, section. So I guess my question for you is what were the, some of the big uh, questions people had or big aha moments uh, as they read the section? Uh, what are the things that jumped out to you in that way? Were there similar questions from either of your Bible studies? Um, well, one of the things that was really, uh, well, okay, there are a couple of things. One, of course, is there's some uncomfortable language in here about that Jesus says. He says, yeah. essentially, when he's questioned, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. I mean, that's the the layman's way of putting it here, but that's basically in the scripture. And so the question is, well, what, you know, what does that mean? And so we spent some time talking about that. Um, and another of the issues uh, that we talked about was a little earlier on this idea that um, Jesus says, uh, or uh, let me see here, uh, in in verse 27, he says, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the son of man will give to you for on him, the father has set a seal. Then they said, what, what, what must we do to be doing the works of God? And Jesus answered them, this is the work of God that you believe in him who he sent. And uh, so if like, that seems pretty simple, right? Uh, I'm like, oh, I'm doing the work of God. I have to believe in him who he sent. 
but what we talked about was how difficult it is for us sometimes to truly believe, not just say you believe, uh, because often as we look at the example of Jesus, so much of what he calls us to stands in contrast to our human nature or the way our culture is, the values of our culture. Um, you know, we have the whole upside down kingdom thing. And so it's not as easy as it, as it maybe seems to just believe. Um, so those were a couple of the, you know, I can, as you respond, I'll go look for a few more things just to, to, uh, to follow up on if we need to. But those were a couple of things that we talked about. Yeah. And I think people, if you haven't paused already and read it, it's a, it's a good thing to do that. Um, uh, John 6, 22 through 59, because just, you know, what Tim said, you can see in verse 54, he wasn't joking when he said uh, what he said. It says, whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day. Uh, for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I am him. And, you know, and he, uh, you know, so he's using this very visceral visual uh, uh, language. Uh, and uh, obviously to provoke or evoke uh, a response, uh, and I don't think he's just trying to gross them out, right? I think he's trying to get them to consider who he really is and how much they need him. And he knows what's coming, the suffering, uh, his own suffering, his own death, and that his, his body and blood are literally going to be uh, given for our sake. Um, the crowd is at a disadvantage, I think, right? They don't, they don't know that, Um yeah, even his own disciples, I think, are a bit um, befuddled by this. But I, I, I um, in the end, the, the disciples stay with him, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Other others will leave him, but the disciples will stay. Um, yeah. Uh, so I could totally see why the groups you had had that question and and the question about belief, like. If I was one of those groups and I was hearing what Jesus was saying, wow, this is challenging to stick around with this guy. I mean, he's saying he's um, he's from God, you know, uh, and he's now he's using this weird language about flesh and blood. And, you know, he does amazing things and he's teaching these powerful truths, but. Uh, really challenging our status quo. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, we, we uh, you know, at the very end, it says of, of this section, it says he said these things while at the synagogue in Capernaum, or basically he was teaching at the synagogue. And so another thing we talked about was how difficult it might be to hear the words of, for the religious leaders and the people to hear these words at the place of worship, because while we have the benefit of the New Testament and 2000 years of trying to understand or whatever, they didn't have, I mean, they were living, living this in the moment. And so, of course, we, we look at some of the stories in scripture sometimes and we say, how can they not understand or why don't they, why don't they get it? But, um, you know, G some of what Jesus is saying is pretty, uh, 
radical to their ears, you know, <laughs> and, and they're trying to make sense of it all. And these are words being spoken at a place of, uh, of um, at a place of worship and by someone uh, who is considered a teacher too. Um, and so, you know, they're wrestling with, well, that doesn't match our understanding of, you know, the Old Testament scriptures or whatever. And you see that in the way that they question him too, about the manna and, well, we want. <laughs> so it's, you know, yes. we have to be a little more gentle uh, <laughs> as we come to the scripture and in our judgment on some of these situations. Um and, and just look for the the truth that's in it and, and uh, not spend too much time judging the people for not understanding because likely if we were in their shoes we'd be having the same questions um and, and we may have the same questions even today as we come to the scripture uh because yeah. you know the words are strange um and you think about that flesh and blood language but then i also think that's not the only time he he used that um you know, in the in the institution of the Lord's Supper, he said he breaks the the bread and he gives him the cup and says, "This is my body and this is my blood. Uh, whenever you drink of it, remember me." So it's a language and a, a metaphor that kind of carries through Scripture to help us understand, um, you know, uh, who Jesus is, what his sacrifice means, and that we need to partake, you know, partake in him. Um, and, and so it's, it's not literal in this, in this, uh, description here, it's got a spiritual kind of meaning, um, if we have eyes to see it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you brought up the, the old, what we call the old Testament, but their, their faith, you know, based on their, their scriptures, the Hebrew scriptures, uh, he's challenging, He's challenging that, right? Uh, or helping them to see the the greater work that God is doing through through Himself. Uh, you know, your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. That's verse forty nine. And then the next verses, He says, "This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die." And He's talking about Himself. You know, so He's He's giving the very controversial but very true claim that he is the one that we need in order to have eternal life and he is trying to help them see that the the things that happened in their past and their history uh like the feeding the feeding of the people of israel with um manna um that that wasn't the end of the story that that was pointing to uh pointing to the greater revelation to come the yeah. the true bread the true bread. And that, that is a wild claim to make unless you are actually fulfilling it. Yeah. So, you know, Jesus is either the worst person in history or he is the son of God. I mean, that's kind of how I look at it. Like you, if you're making a claim like that, you're just either trying to deceive people or you're nutso or it's true. And you want people to know the truth that you are you are from God and you are what people need to have relationship with God. And obviously we, as followers of Jesus, we believe he's not nuts. He's not the worst person in history. He was telling the truth. And so he's mercifully trying to reveal this to them. And it's a bit shocking, but uh, to their sensibilities, um, but they, they, and we need to hear it. Like, um, yeah. 
So I think one of my challenges for this week is I chose to preach the whole long section and not break it up into sections. You know, it's kind of one long discourse. And so the part that's going to take a lot of time Sunday is we will read it all Sunday. Uh, I can't preach it all in depth. And so I think that's one of the advantages of our Bible studies and uh, our, our podcast is that we try to talk about a, a section of scripture per week and, and go instead of going into different scriptures, you know, with our different groups or with the podcast, we go, we pull in the same direction. So it's a lengthy scripture. Uh, I'm going to do my best to kind of cover its main points that uh, that Jesus is driving at, but there's a lot to it. Uh, there's a, there is. A, yeah. One of um, the we talked about Corey too, was how you really have to take it together as a story because it's so the different pieces i mean you could break it up i mean there are some places where you could be like okay i'll stop here but the story belongs together um and to understand some of what's said in the beginning you need to also consider what's later on in the in the selection um and so uh everybody thought you know it does make sense to do it this way even though it is a really large chunk of scripture and there's so much in it, but it's so interconnected that it's, it's good to do it that way. Yeah. And there's some really awkward places you can break it up into. Right. (laughs) And you need to be, we need to be careful when we're reading scripture that we, we read it in context. Um, You know, part of the thing that happens here is that this had taken place not immediately after the fear, uh, the miracle of uh, uh, the feeding miracle, but not that long after that. Right. Uh, or at least where it takes place in John. And, you know, so context is, is important here. Um, yeah. And uh, if you t- took, if you took any one of these verses just out by itself, it's the word of God, but it, you can, you can misunderstand it or misapply it. Right. So, yeah, you got to read the scripture in its context. Um, and that, I mean, we maybe we say this all the time. Maybe we don't say it enough. That's something we believe in in our churches is working through books, reading scripture in context, understanding the bigger picture of the, the whole story of the Bible. Um, and that the gospels like the gospel of John is is an important part of the whole story of what God is doing to restore relationship with people and that he's been planning that for a very long time uh but uh it you know you you don't want to just rip any of this out and say oh well jesus is against the old testament look at how his attitude here in john six no that 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 doesn't make sense um he's he's not saying he's against the things that happened uh in the past although he some of the things that happened were very difficult, but, but he, he's trying to help them understand what God, the father, what God, Trinity, God was doing through the, through the story of his. Real. Um, yeah, I think, yeah. It really, well, and I think it really enhanced, I think his connection to the old Testament enhances our understanding because there's this, I mean, the, the manna in the wilderness was a miracle. Um, for sure. 
but as as he points out it fed them for a time but they all died and he's saying i've got something greater i am something greater for you you know bread of life that that gives you eternal life um but you 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 kind of have to and and that's a theme in this section too is he's good because they're they're after this food they're following him because of the food that filled their bellies uh you know, at the feeding of the 5,000 that we read, read about a little bit before that. And he kind of challenges them, them and my words aren't coming. He challenges them and says, you're following me because you had food in your belly and you're interested in that. And he's, he kind of is like, I got something bigger going on here <laughs> and let me tell you about it. Um, but I, I think there's a lot of hope in it too, because it, we see how good God is. I mean, he provided for his people in the wilderness in an amazing way. Um, manna every morning and meat every night. Um, and, and here he's providing for his people in, in a very different way and, and, and for an eternal, in an eternal way. And so this is a really hope-filled passage too. And it helps us to understand because we see how God worked in the Old Testament Um uh, I think it just, it, it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, you know, when John wrote this down as an older, older believer, um, you know, I think he, this story or this teaching, I should say, had, had stuck in his mind and heart probably from the first time he heard it. And um, obviously I don't, we don't think that John probably understood the depth of it when Jesus originally preached it, but, uh, you know, I think reflecting back on this time and, and thinking and praying for what the Holy Spirit would have him include in the gospel, um, he knew that this story would help us really believe uh, and believe deeper into Jesus, that we need this deeper understanding of who Jesus is. That We really need to spiritually ingest him, take him in needs to become part of us, you know, for us to truly live, um, we have to have him. It's not, it's not just a, a little bit of him. Well, that's not even the right way to think of it. I mean, uh, we need him fully. Um, you know, uh, we cannot be nourished spiritually without him. Um, and so this John knew when he's writing this down, he's like, I'm going to include that teaching. The other gospels didn't include it, maybe because of the controversy or whatever, but John, John did. And I think the church has been better for it. Um, uh, you know, it's challenging, but it's, it's good for us. We really, really need Jesus. And the good news is uh, if we have him, we, we do get relationship with God restored and eternal life given. Um, so yeah. Any other thoughts on this uh, wonderful passage, Tim? I have lots of thoughts, but I don't know that we should get into them. So <laughs> I think I think they should come or Zoom or not Zoom uh, watch online worship uh, Sunday. Uh, you can you can join us in person uh, or or uh, on YouTube or Facebook and uh, tune in and uh, listen to the sermon, participate in the worship service. Uh, yeah, we'd, we'd love to have you. 
Um, as we mentioned earlier, there's plenty of room. You can call ahead and let us know if you're coming. We, we have overflow, um, but we have not been at risk of filling up, especially at the 11 a.m. service. So, um, so we have overflow ready if needed. You'll have a comfortable experience. Uh, but um, yeah, we have not been at risk of that, particularly at the 11 a.m. service. So there's plenty of space to come back in person if that's what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, we'll wrap things up for this week then. So uh, Pastor Corey, as always, good to be with you. Did you? You look like you're on the verge of saying good something, to be with you, like you froze. So I'm not sure. <laughs> Did no, nothing to say? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not frozen over here. You were frozen for me. It was just this funny. Oh, uh, it was great. Okay. So, uh, sorry about that. So thank you all uh, for listening and watching. This has been Tim and Corey coming to you from our Hilltop Studios here in the rolling hills of Palouse, Washington. Wishing you a blessed week. We hope to see you Sunday or some other time. Uh, God bless you all.